Hi, Witch Wavers. I have exciting news. At long last, we have some new Witch Wave merch available for you now through TeePublic. We decided to go with TeePublic for our new Witch Wave merch because it is a print-on-demand site, which means you can get different variations of the Witch Wave logo printed on t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, magnets, notebooks. Oh my gods, the sky's the limit. And the shirts come in different styles and fabrics and colors and are available in sizes small through 5XL, so you can order whatever you'll feel you're most magical in. It is the perfect time to stock up on Witchwave merch for yourself or for holiday gifts. So head on over to witchwavepodcast.com shop. The world is filled with bewitching people, and you might be one too. Welcome to the podcast where art is magic, magic is real, and reality is stranger than dreams. I'm Pam Grossman, and this is The Witch Wave. Hello and welcome to the Witch Wave. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Joyful Kwanzaa, Blessed Yule. Yes, lovely ones, it is the most celebratory and for me most intense time of year with holidays and plans and family dynamics to navigate and presents to buy and events to attend. And the best parts of it are when I'm able to really just kind of float above the stress and focus on the sparkle and beauty and spirit of generosity of this season. And that's why I'm so delighted and so grateful that in the middle of all of it, we have the solstice. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, this episode will be coming out on the actual day of the winter solstice, which of course marks the longest night of the year. And many people focus on the fact that after this moment, the light begins to return and the days start to get a little bit longer again, and that is certainly worth celebrating. However, in addition to welcoming back the light, I like to remind people of the grand velvety gifts of the darkness. Because in darkness, we can find quiet and stillness and moments of meditation and contemplation. And you know that I adore slow magic, soft magic, shadow magic. And I like to make sure that during the solstice, I carve out time for this pause and give myself the gift of what many people have started to call deep listening. 
deep listening can be as simple as stopping and listening to the sounds that surround you right now in this moment. It can be about taking some time to actively turn inward and listen to your inner voice and the voice of spirit. It can be about playing an album that is especially precious to you and simply sitting and listening to it from start to finish without any distractions. It can be about making a beautiful playlist of solstice songs and playing them for yourself while you're in the bath or taking a walk in the woods or a drive beneath the stars. Deep listening is about listening with intention and paying attention with full presence to the sounds and messages and energies that come through. There's a wonderful essay by the late experimental musician and composer Pauline Oliveros called Quantum Listening. And Ignota Books just republished it in a beautiful new edition with a foreword by Lori Anderson, which I highly recommend. And in this essay, Oliveros writes about how transformative it is when we take the time to listen with this more expansive, slow, and deep approach. She writes, quote, Quantum listening is listening in as many ways as possible simultaneously, changing and being changed by the listening. And she goes on to write, quote, This creates potential, cultivates surprises, opens the imagination, and approaches and even plunges over the edges of perception into the mystery of the universe predicted by quantum field theory, unquote. So for this solstice, I am going to be engaging in this form of deep listening, quantum listening, mystic listening. And today's guest, Rena Anakwe, is the perfect person to help me do just that. Rena is a sound healer and a musician who, under the moniker A Space for Sound, has created two of my favorite albums to listen to whenever I want to enter a soundscape that is ambient, soothing, and replenishing. I will definitely be playing her magical music throughout the solstice and for the rest of this season and beyond, and I'm so grateful to her for sharing her perspective on the healing power of sound. But before we get to that, first let's check and see what's come through on The Witch Wire. Who is it? Witches! Numi writes... Hi, Pam and Team Witchwave. Reaching out over the witch wire to get a steer in terms of dealing with the loss of a familiar. I lost my best friend recently, a tiny black cat called Frog. Her personality lit up every room she walked into, and she was my emotional support system for the last 12 years, sleeping like a hat on the top of my head or nuzzled into the crook of my neck next to my heart. 
her absence is profound. Every door opening in the breeze or catching sight of something in the corner of my eye feels like it should be her. But of course, it isn't. I'm heartbroken and I'm finding the loss inconsolably hard. Thankfully, I have a strong network of friends around me, and I am planning a goodbye memorial celebration of her life and our bond in January. We have hired a venue that has an outdoor space, and I have access to a small fire pit. However, I wanted some ideas for easy participation rituals, as some of my old housemates who wish to come and say goodbye are not necessarily practicing witches, so I want to do something that they can do, but nothing too complicated. Thank you so much. Hi, Numi. My heart is aching alongside yours, because I know so intimately what it is to lose a furry familiar as I lost two of my feline family members over the last couple years. And so, first of all, I just want to say that I am so, so, so sorry. It is just the worst. And I'm sending you and the spirit of Frog so much love. Now, in terms of your ritual to honor her, of course, the simplest thing you can do is provide candles for people to light for her, and also perhaps pieces of paper and writing implements so that people can write blessings for her or memories about her that they can then throw into the fire pit so that the messages can reach her. And if you like, people can read the messages out beforehand or just keep them private before throwing them into the flames. That's really up to you and to the participants. But the other thing that I really love to do during ritual, especially amongst people who might not have a witchcraft background, is to do some sort of communal offering where everyone pools their energy together at the same time. You might have heard of the concept of creating a cone of power, which is one way that witches gather their energy and then direct it through visualization and or a gesture towards a shared goal. And in my experience, creating shared sound is such a powerful way to do this, and it is so moving as well. So you may want to provide everyone with some very basic instruments like chimes, bells, gongs, sticks, drums, spoons on water glasses, you know, whatever you have to hand. And then at a moment in the ceremony, you can ask them to play this sound offering for Frog as a way to guide her on her journey across the veil and to just remember her and thank her and mark the occasion of her life and her crossing over. And if you aren't able to provide instruments or that doesn't appeal to you, you can do something even simpler, which is asking everyone to just tone together while they are picturing Frog crossing over peacefully. This is also hugely effective and surprisingly beautiful. And when I say toning together, I literally mean just making a sound, the sound Ah, uh, just emanating from your heart. And I'm telling you, when this kind of sound making or communal toning 
is improvised in the moment, even among people who don't consider themselves to be musical or who have never done something like this before. It is incredible music that is naturally or supernaturally, as the case may be, made. It's always spontaneous and really astonishing the way making sound together can shift the energy. And it's also always wonderful how people just sort of just respond to each other's energy in terms of when to get louder or quieter or faster or slower and when to stop. People just sort of naturally sense when they're making noise, when they're making music, when they're making sound or tone with other people, when to bring it to a point of silence. People just sense when the sonic spell is in conclusion. It is truly amazing. So that is what I recommend for you all to make a sound spell of a sort together and play frog home. Now, on to my guest. Rina Anakwe is an interdisciplinary artist, performer, poet, and healer working primarily with sound, visuals, and scent. Exploring intersections between traditional healing practices, spirituality, and performance, she creates works focused on sensory-based experiential interactions using creative technology. She has performed or composed music for such venues as the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Guggenheim Museum, Pioneer Works, and Le Poisson Rouge, and she has been awarded countless honors and residencies, most recently being a 2022 Art Matters Artist to Artist Fellowship, a 2021 through 2022 McDowell Fellowship for Interdisciplinary Arts, a 2022 Jack Nussbaum Artist Residency at BAM, and the 2021 Canadian Women Artists Award from NIFA and the CWC, which is the Canadian Women's Club of New York. Under the moniker A Space for Sound, Anakwe has released two albums I'm absolutely obsessed with, the first one being Sound Bath Mixtape Volume 1 in the summer of 2020, followed by Sometimes Underwater Feels Like Home, which was released in the fall of 2021. Rina is based in Brooklyn by way of Nigeria and Canada, and she joined me from her home in Brooklyn via Zoom. Rina Anakwe, welcome to The Witch Wave. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I am so thrilled that you're here. As I told you when I invited you on the show, I have been such a grateful fan of the music that you put out under the name A Space for Sound. So this is a true thrill for me. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. When people contact me about anything that I've made, I just feel so happy because (laughs) sometimes you're creating things and you put them out there and you have no idea who's receiving them or if anybody's receiving them, you're making these like little sounds and you're 
house or wherever. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much. That Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I totally can relate as a podcaster, which I feel like is kind of adjacent to what you do. We're working in the space of sound and creating mm -hmm. these sounds in our strange little caves and then like sending them like messages in a bottle out into the world. So I can relate to some degree. And I want to just give a quick shout out to Jay Wortham. I, I'm trying to remember if it's Jay's newsletter or Instagram stories where I first heard about your music. And so just wanted to bring that name into the room as well here. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, I just appreciate the elevation from them and I'm thankful and and the places that this has gone are sometimes so surprising to me and every, any person and every person that has, has shared, yeah, the sound bath mixtape first and then um, sometimes Underwater Feels Like Home. I'm just really grateful for that because I, the whole point was to, you know, share with others and to give people things to kind of uh, support them in whatever they're moving through, whether it's grief, joy, they need to de-stress, want to get into some relaxation. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. Thank you to to them for, <laughs> for, for sharing that. And yeah, absolutely. So, Rina, I don't know if you can hear right now, but there is some ambient noise that I'm dealing with here in my Brooklyn apartment. And as I told you before we started recording, you know, usually I record out of a studio. It's as buttoned up as it possibly can be and soundproofed and all of that. But I'm recovering from it's not COVID, but it felt like some kind of goblin that was living in my <laughs> lungs for a while. And I didn't want to get my usual studio engineers sick. And so I'm recording out of my Brooklyn apartment, just like I used to do back in, in the old school days of the witch wave when I was first getting started. And I bring it up only because we're talking about sound. And I had all this anxiety about interviewing you because I want to have like this pristine sonic cauldron for you as a as a, a sister sound person. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I have no control over what my apartment you know, is going to sound like, the outside is going to sound like, are people going to be making noise downstairs? You know, there's been construction, et cetera, et cetera. And I actually thought that that's a good place to start in talking about sound healing, which is when you are creating these amazing soundscapes for people, how do you direct people to engage with the ambient noises that they have no control over, as most of us have no control over the sounds that we're surrounded by? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually, there's a workshop that I have led a few times called uh, The Sounds Around Us. And with that, I invite participants to focus on the sounds that do surround us because a lot of times we don't take note of things that are living with us in our spaces, or there are things that are in our spaces that are creating uh, stressful situations that are escalating other things for us that could be triggering us into say anxieties and depressions even that we don't realize because of noise pollution mm. so 
I think it's really important to kind of take a survey of the things in your house that maybe you need to block out. Maybe you need a white noise generator. Maybe you need to sleep with some ambient sounds or you know, even sound of water, something that is soothing to you. And then there's other things that might be creating like good things in in your space. You know, I I, I like people to work with what they have. You know, we can't all be in like a soft padded box or like, uh, (laughs) you know, a hyperbaric chamber or whatever. Like Exactly, exactly. You know, like, like that type of thing. Or And so I think that especially if you're somebody who's living say in a metropolitan area there's just certain sounds that depending on where you are you can't avoid like i i am living in a space where that's noisier than my last place the last place i lived at was a one-way street Mm. so there there wasn't very much traffic on that street so it was very quiet and i got used to the quiet and uh, then I moved over to where I am now, and it's a two-way street. I mean, there's buses on either side, and it's just a little too lit. Yeah, it's just there's the the sounds of the city, as I was saying earlier, are things that you will sometimes have to contend with and figure out how to find your peace within all that. And sometimes you have to move. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of moving, not because of the sound. Yeah. Uh, but but the place I'm moving to is way quieter. Well, this is a theme that actually comes up a lot on the show because, you know, I talk about magic making with so many different kinds of people. And a lot of the questions that come through often, especially from listeners, are, are, are around like, how can I find peace? How can I make magic when I'm surrounded by noise, when I'm surrounded by the city when I'm surrounded by roommates or family. So how do you answer that when it comes to sonic magic in a busy space? I mean, you already mentioned, you know, noise blockers and so on, but is there a way that you can kind of lean into the sounds and work with the sounds? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I use a lot of field recordings in my work, so I, I do enjoy hearing different types of sounds around me. You know, there's certain things like even with moving that I realized sonically that I'm going to miss. So I've started taking recordings of things like there. I live on the top floor in a brownstone. And so there's a, a really I think it's a really beautiful sound when it rains. There's mm-hmm. a skylight that's out in the hallway. And that's how I can tell what is going on, like how heavy the rain patterns are and just even what's happening like, you know, water wise, but I really like the sound. And so the other day it was raining pretty hard. So I recorded it because I'm not going to hear it again. Mm. And there's just a certain, yeah, sometimes you'll be standing on a street and you'll just be hearing ambient sounds, even in the city. Sometimes there's a stillness that happens that you just notice. And I've sometimes stopped and recorded that. I record everything on my phone. Because the Mm. iPhone actually has a really good microphone. It's a good condenser mic that, you know, kind of has a little bit of windscreen on it. My trick, which I'm sharing with all of you, is that if you don't have a windscreen for a mic, which is something that can prevent, you know, the sound of wind hitting a mic kind of creates a distortion. So you're never hearing really the sound of wind that we hear because it's just hitting up against the mic surface. So you'll get a, you know, all that sound. Mm -hmm. So I just 
you know, if I have a piece of fabric or something, even your shirt, just put it over that and then you can record. Like if you're on the beach or something and you want to record the ocean waves, just put, you know, like a scarf or like a sarong or something over the the mic and you can get the water sound clear. But yeah, sometimes there's just moments where even I'm not to even not to record it. Like sometimes I'll be walking down the street and I stand there. I'm like, yo, this is really uh, silent. Or you, I, I just notice a bird is singing out, and everything else is really still. And you, you just have these moments sometimes where that happens. And I think it's good to just stop and take them in because, you know, there, there, there are moments of stillness and peace around us. But sometimes it's because we're moving so fast, we don't really notice them and and don't realize. Like I know. For me, at a certain time, everybody goes to bed in my neighborhood or, you know, mostly everyone is asleep. So at a point, I tend to record most of like my voiceover things at at night mm-hmm. when everyone's gone to bed and it's really quiet. There's a time where, where, you know, traffic dies down, people are sleeping, the dogs are not barking. It's clear that you are a hypersensitive person when it comes to your senses. When did you realize that you had this gift of sound and sound making and music making? I think of it more of, I guess, like exploration. I mean, ever since I was younger, my parents took us, my brother and I, to music theory classes, actually. It was like little classes that they teach like toddlers and young children how to like they just teach you music and I just I don't I remember I also have a really good memory so I remember them teaching us like ba 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 which is teaching us um quarter notes actually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that at the time and then throughout school uh, I was being taught different types of theory of music, but I didn't know that this in the formalized way because it was being taught to us as children. So it was fun, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I didn't know about the, the weeds of it, but I, I am not a trained musician in that way, but I have taken music classes, you know, from childhood and then adolescence. But I think that my exploration into sound, kind of in Nigerian culture sometimes, it, things can like I've had to I guess like break through things like we all have different cultural things we have to break through but you know girls are supposed to do one thing and boys are supposed to do one thing and so I have never really been good at fitting into those molds Mm. and at the time I remember my brother I convinced him I was like yo we should you should get turntables I'll help you with them I did it because I wanted to DJ but I knew for some reason in my head I was like nah they're not gonna buy it for me but they'll buy it for him (gasps) so I was like, okay, let, and then like we'll save up and we can buy records. We have no jobs. I don't even know what I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, but we we did we did get my parents to buy the Newmark. I remember this. It was like this this Newmark starter DJ package. So you get two turntables, a mixer, and then you know you have to get your cartridges for it, which is what holds the needles. And then my brother and I like we we got two two records out of my parents or something and then honestly they weren't even like the best records to get i don't know why we picked those but this is new york like we had moved to westchester because we had been outside of philly before and so this is like we we just moved to new york and i was like oh my gosh i, I want to learn how to dj and at the time too mtv used to have like these skill shares i remember dj scribbles 
um, teaching people how to like do like scratch and mix and do the crawl. Like there were different tricks that he was learning. And so I would watch him and then I would go and practice when my brother wasn't home because he wouldn't. And then he wouldn't let me touch the turntables, which was really annoying. Oh, you're like, it was my idea. I Exactly. But so then when he wasn't there, I would go and I would DJ on the turntables. And then it turned into him, people thinking that he's a DJ. And so I don't care that he doesn't like me saying this. I, I don't think he cares anymore. But I actually, there's this Nigerian organization that we were all part of, like my parents. And they had like a youth association that they're trying to develop. And the place where we lived had a rec center. And so there, my brothers, I told him, I was like, oh, if you DJ, I'll help you. He's like, okay, okay. So I made all the mixes. This is on CD though, because remember we don't, we only had two records. Mm -hmm. So I made all of the mix CDs and he DJ them. So everyone thought that he DJ. It was me. I was DJing through my brother. So that's, I think that's kind of how things started. And then I later on, I was in, I was in a band which not not the best name, but uh, the band was called Violent Sex, and my mom hated that. <laughs> yes, hated not a mom that. friendly name. Yeah, not at all. She's like, of all the things that you could be at Potshole, why, why this name? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to sing, and like I got to perform at really cool places. Like we performed at Joe's Pub and and Knitting Factory before it moved to Brooklyn. Uh. Oh, I remember the Knitting Factory down down in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Saw a lot of good stuff there. Yes. This is like me as I'm an undergrad. Like I'm about to graduate and I'm like th- this band is just so chaotic. Like these geniuses are just so chaotic. And I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. But I was singing back up. And then I thought, you know what? I don't want to deal with anybody else. I'm going to DJ. And then, yeah, I just kept DJing and I think the the way that I came to a sound practice, like what I would call my sound practice in creating my own things was because I wanted to make beats at first. I wanted to make beats. And then, you know, the things that are in your head when you first start with anything are not the things that you're making. And I kept making weird things. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I think it all comes down to you use the tools that are at your disposal. And for me, at the time when I first started wanting to make things, I was dependent on my computer. And I learned a lot of really amazing ways to work with sound and even learn my own voice um, through using digital audio. And so um, it was later on that I started to integrate analog, but I think, you know, the the whole thing is you use whatever is in front of you and whatever you have access to, and then you can, you know, craft your own journey and your exploration in that way. Mm, gorgeous. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Rosarium Blends is an esoteric herbal apothecary and occult bookstore specializing in Materia Magica, and it is one of my favorites. They make their own ritual incense, which I often use myself during my rituals. They also make enchanting oil blends, talismanic natural perfumes, planetary sigil incense, cleansing sprays, grimoire inks, erotic apothecary blends, alchemical cosmetics, and so much more. Most of their formulations are original recipes and result from extensive historical research, practical experimentation, and extensive magical studies and training. 
Each of Rosarium's formulas is blended and charged during the appropriate lunar phases and astrological correspondences to enhance their potency and increase the heightened awareness they were designed to awaken. With a special aim to elevate and enliven the senses, each formula is a living spirit serving as a direct link to the inherent energies its charm embodies. And best of all, Rosarium Blends is offering Witch Wave listeners an exclusive promo code for 15% off your entire order, though please note that that excludes sale items, rare books, and some limited items. That promo code for 15% off is WitchWave15, and you can use it at rosariumblends.com. That's R-O-S as in sorcery, A-R-I-U-M, blends.com. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Now look, I'm an air sign with anxiety, so I confess I'm sometimes stuck in my head and focused on stress and problems more than I'd like. But in addition to witchcraft, I have found therapy to be incredibly supportive because it helps me focus on solutions when I'm faced with a problem rather than just staying stuck in this feedback loop of focusing on what's hard. I've been in therapy myself for years, and talking to a therapist really helps me shift from a mindset of resisting what is into a mode of acceptance and problem solving, which has been such a relief. And that's why I'm so glad that BetterHelp exists. BetterHelp is an online platform for therapy, which means that it's convenient, accessible, and affordable. And that also means that more people can benefit from talking to a therapist. Being in therapy myself over the years has helped me manage my anxiety and PTSD because it provides me with an impartial, caring person whose sole job is to offer support with emotional challenges. Therapy has also helped me accomplish my goals, whether big or small. Quitting my corporate day job a few years back and writing my book, Waking the Witch, and starting this very podcast were all really exciting and also extremely nerve-wracking, and I truly don't think that I would be as fully actualized as a person doing what I love now without having had that help. And I want that for everyone. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option because you can do it virtually. To get started and matched with a therapist who you click with, you just need to fill out a brief survey and remember that you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WitchWave today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash WitchWave. Be well with BetterHelp.
Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today I'm speaking with Rena Anakwe. So, Rena, you were talking us through your formative years and the different technologies that you taught yourself on. But I'd love for us to get to the present when you are now this incredible sound healer. You create these sound bath experiences. And I know you use technology for that, but you also use analog instruments as well. So just for someone who doesn't even know what sound bathing is, what is a sound bath and how did you get into doing this for people? So sometimes when I do sound baths, I do recognize that folks may not be familiar with them or may not have experienced them. So the way I put it is, you know, (laughs) and I go far out on this, but if you think of like string theory, right, in, in the realm of quantum physics, where the universe is made up of vibrating strings and the frequencies of sound right? Sound is what is the things that we hear are vibrating through the air. And then so then we hear those frequencies. So those frequencies can meet the frequencies that are in our bodies, and they can harmonize, right? And once they harmonize, they can allow for opportunities for stress relief, uh, relief of anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Mm. So if you think of it that way, it's like you are literally being bathed in frequencies of sound or noise in order to meet the frequencies in yourself to relax them or harmonize them so that they can be on the same wavelength with one another. Ah, so beautiful. So beautiful. So you were talking about being a DJ and making beats. And I think of sound bathing as kind of related to that, but I I think of it as much more mellow. Mm-hmm. What what led you to this practice? How did you learn it? So I would say so. What had <laughs> what happened is I was doing my I was doing my second master's, and I was really quite stressed out as anyone is when they're approaching thesis. Mm-hmm. And I think from when I went into that program, I went to ITP at NYU Tisch. What is ITP? ITB stands for Interactive Telecommunications Program. Mm. So it's kind of like the, they like to call it the Center for the Recently Possible. It's the intersections of like art, code, uh, problem solving. So there, there's so many different ways that you can think through something and then you, you think of a problem and then what's the solution? That's mm. kind of like how, how I like to put it. And so for me, I had gotten out of a quite abusive situation before I'd entered ITP and, and moved back to New York mm-hmm. and didn't get a lot of time to process it. And then I was in thesis. And for some reason, even throughout my time in the program, I was always creating things that I wanted to make that were relaxing for people. So the first project that I made uh, in the program was called the Chromatic Stone. And it was basically simulating the act of synesthesia, which is sound to color hearing, which some people naturally uh, experience. Yes, it's like this cross wiring of your senses in a way. Exactly. And so I did that and then was also emitting essential oils in the dome at the same time. And Ooh. so people could play on the piano or play play a note. And then the dome, a projection of the dome would go up on the walls of it of, of different colors, according to what you were playing. 
Mm. And so that was something that was coded and that was very difficult. But, and then again, I made another geodesic dome that was smaller that I used for a storytelling experience to kind of simulate sitting around a campfire and listening to stories, which I found very soothing. And so I wanted to bring that experience to others Mm. because it's something I remember from childhood, like at nap time, you know, when people read to you Mm. and how relaxing that is. And so then I got to thesis I was like, well, what do I want to do? And I realized oh, I want to make environments, immersive environments that help people to relax. And I thought about before I had lived in Vancouver and how important it is to find your quiet, to to identify your peace, so to speak. And I think that that's really important, no matter where you are, for you to be able to identify your quiet and, and everybody needs it in their life. And so I did a bunch of research on you know, like I was talking about earlier, noise pollution, the ways in which sounds do affect us, our health, color theory, just thinking about different ways that I could create this environment. And so then I created this thing that I called living narratives, where I took sound, visuals and scent, which is my current practice now, and created an environment for people to relax within. So I made the visuals uh, using uh, After Effects to make the visuals. And then I was controlling them through a program called Max MSP on my phone at first, but then it looked like I was texting. So I wanted to lean away from that. <laughs> and then I DJed the sounds because at the time I, I was still was not able to produce sounds in the way that I wanted them. Mm. So then uh, the second iteration of that was at the tank for Lady Fest. I, I was invited by Megan Finn, who's one of the creative directors there and uh, to make a piece. So I thought, hey, maybe I could take my piece and do a new iteration of it, but I could make the sounds this time. And so I did that. And that was my first time, you know, it it wasn't my first time making sounds because I had done sound design previous to this for some other things. Fast forwarding to after doing the second iteration, I started doing sound baths because I wanted to then be able to make something that people could, you know, attend and, and listen to maybe just through the airwaves. So I had done a couple of sound baths, experimental sound baths with Montez Press Radio, but this is before the, I guess, the present form that I'm doing them was in. And I was really focused on using my voice as an instrument. Sometimes I would use um, trees, um, like branches and and dried out leaves and Mm. things and with different petals so that I could get different sounds and just creating yeah, like a wall of sound sometimes or just taking people on a different journey. Mm. And I so I started doing it that way. But the sound sometimes weren't weren't pleasing. Like at first I thought and I remember considering this in my thesis. Oh, maybe I should start people out where they're at, which is in chaos and then coax them into relaxation. And I remember I did a user test for that and I used an offensive smell and people really did not react very well to (laughs) it. Um, <laughs> amazing amazing yeah. so th- I decided it's better to maybe let's just start off with relaxation and and go from there and the thing that actually occurred was the the pandemic is kind of where I really started um, I guess like this newer manifestation of sound in the way that I think that you've heard and, and maybe others recognize now Yes, yes. Well, let me let me just jump in for a moment. So I have had the privilege of 
attending a few sound baths, not any by you, unfortunately, though I hope that will change in the near future. But I've been to sound baths by a person named Nate Martinez and another person named Anais Del Sol. Mm -hmm. And what's so beautiful about those experiences is that they were communal. So, you know, one of them uh, was at the Brooklyn Zen Center. Another was at my friend's beautiful house. And so you have strangers and acquaintances kind of lying down together with our eyes closed. And then all of a sudden these like chimes and gongs and, you know, Mm. beautiful kind of thrumming sounds are happening around around the space and my experience of it live was that not only was it like internally very healing for me and meditative but I also felt so connected to the other people who were in the room in this really unusual way and it's very intimate to share that kind of deep listening with other people. And so I was just wondering what your experience has been doing these sound baths live yeah it's so interesting because i started off doing the sound baths that i'm doing now actually started doing them virtually because we when we got the shutdown order i I didn't know what to do like a lot of people you start flailing thinking like oh gosh what is there what do we do and i thought oh maybe i can do sound baths for people because i just got this drum So I play the tank drums in my sound baths, which are these steel drums, and they're made by Sound Nest out in Lithuania. And uh, Mikolodzius, he's really such a a nice guy, great craftsman. If you ever want a tank drum, definitely hit up the Etsy. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really crazy. I just come back from Nigeria, and this tank drum was at my parents' house because I needed to recover from that trip. It was a long trip. Mm. And so I remember playing it for them and everybody was so relaxed and I started messing around with it. And then I came back to Brooklyn and then everything got shut down. And I thought, okay, cool. We're going to be here a smooth two weeks. Yep, one I week. remember that feeling. Do this. Oh yeah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll do a sound bath on Instagram live every night. And so and then I started doing that. And So what were people's reactions to these sound baths? Yeah, I think it was quite comforting. You know, I I think a lot of us had a sense of despair at that time. And there were so many uncertain things. So it was something to tether people. It was something for me to tether myself to where I knew every night at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or eight o'clock when I was doing it, that it was going to happen. And I would show up and some people would show up or some people watch it later. And they like people knew like okay rena's gonna be there at this time and i knew okay i'm gonna be here at this time and it gave me kind of a a sense of time Mm. because time was was just almost so difficult to understand or to grasp what is going on how long are we gonna be here and then i of course was doing it every night and then burned myself out because i was like what in the world like mm-hmm, <laughs> and then and then had to create a boundary and be like okay i'm only going to do this 3 times a week and these are the times that i'm going to be here but that's still again that's very generous 3 times a week reina i know so that's crazy <laughs> that i was doing that like I, <laughs> 
I was like, I'm going to cut it down. And it's like, oh, doing a lot. But because yes. I could have done one. Yes. And then and then I think then then it dropped down to one. Then it was like, then one a month. Then it was like, I'm tired. I then I I would record every night with my Zoom recorder. And so then that's how I ended up making the sound bath mixtape gang from PTP purple tape pedigree, uh, a collective here in New York. Um, you want to put something out on the label? And I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. Like I've been thinking about doing like a sound bath mixtape. I had actually talked to Chaz, you know, also known as elucid about this and was like, yo, I should do a, like a mixtape, a sound, sound bath. Like I've been thinking about this. He was like, oh, you should do that. And so then I, I put this out and it, I wanted the, all the proceeds to go to uh, For the Girls, which is a an organization that helps with gender affirming um, care, whether it's surgeries, um, doctor's visits, you know, any help. They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Yes. So I was really happy that folks, you know, purchased all the tapes because then we gave them the money. And uh, for me, mutual aid is also really important to me and my work. It was through us being in quarantine and and experiencing the pandemic together, like you said, in a communal way, whether it was a sound bazaar, then working with other herbalists that led me to want to continue to engage in mutual aid and figure out ways that I, I could give something to people. And I ended up making these herbal care kits that were given to BIPOC folks, Black, Indigenous and people of color folks so mm-hmm. that they could have plant medicine to support them. But also thinking about it not only in times and in, in peril and, and and chaos, but you know, thinking about this mutual aid is ongoing. So um, I had to pause it, but I am going to resume it again because I think for me that's really important to continue to give folks access to to plant medicine in any way possible. Because I, when we were inside that, the plants actually really helped me and supported me and and kind of opened me back up. Because you know, just like most people, I kind of shut down a bit. Definitely was in the house by myself way too long. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think just the, these modes of healing, whether it was through sounds or, or plant medicine, really helped me to kind of uh, reaffirm my purpose because I've always felt like I definitely am here to help others. But it's really sometimes just finding what are the ways in which I can help people from a genuine place and with intention, you know? Mm. So beautiful. That's why when when you reached out to me, I I was so thankful as well. Like I was, whenever I hear anybody that was like, oh, I listened to the to the music you made or the sounds. I always call them sounds because I'm like, oh, I don't think of myself as a musician, but I I am making music. I should stop that. <laughs> I I do make music. I make weird things or ambient things, very sound bathy things. Sometimes I make beats. Sometimes I make noise. Um, but. I, I think I'm always like, oh, I'm definitely a practitioner of sound or like a, a sound artist more so. Yes, but, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I'll just jump in to say that, you know, I really think of you as a sonic sorceress. I, I think of sound mm-hmm. as having its own spell-like quality and the healing that you put forth through these sonic spells that you weave it's deeply affecting. I mean, it's very, very beautiful, but it's also very potent magic as far as I'm concerned. So I was introduced to Sound Bath Mixtape Volume 1, again from mm. Jay Wortham. And 
I cannot tell you how many times I listened to this over the pandemic, and now I'm listening to your newer album, Sometimes Underwater Feels Like Home, which came out in 2021. And both of them feel like such offerings of healing and magic and love. Like, I really feel that. So whatever gifts you have, ooh, they are they are big, they are magical, and they are so effective, and I'm so grateful to you for them. Thank you so much. That, that really means a lot. And definitely, I'm like, big, huge, massive, like, sonic and virtual hug to Jay because I, I really, yeah, I, I appreciate them sharing everything with, with, with everyone. It's also through Suheli, which is Moon Mother Apothecary too, because I feel like she's also quite quite supportive of me mm. um, and sharing. And actually, uh, it's so funny. I think, yeah, Jay had reached out to me for the herbal care kits and sent one of those to Suheli, who also know. And yeah, I just appreciate that there is this way that we're all connected through plant medicine, because I think that's really what it is too. We're like these lovers of plants and, and our plant sisters. And so I, I, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm thankful that the sounds have led me to, to hear because, you know, I, I started out making noise. I, I would say, yes. <laughs> I like taking in these sounds. I, I think I've always been an observant, like as a child, as a baby. And I think moving a lot too kind of contributed to this because I was always the new person in a lot of situations. Yeah. So I, I also find that, you know, music and sounds are a language. And so if you meet somebody from any other place and you don't necessarily speak the same spoken language, if you connect on music and sounds, you can have a whole relationship and world that opens up for you and that other individual. And I always find that to be so beautiful. There's so many friends that I've had where we just connect over music or it's been, oh, because of dancing or you know, some kind of arts that we love, but music is always a grounding connector that I I love because mm. there's so many different types of music. There's so many people making such amazing and beautiful things. And so sometimes I just love making mixes. Like I, when I get an opportunity to make a mix because I get to share the other things that others are making, I think that's also really exciting too, you know? Oh, definitely. On that note, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Blessed Bee Jewelry believes that being a witch is all about working with your personal power. Have you ever wanted to celebrate who you are with stunningly beautiful yet minimalist witchy jewelry? Then you've got to check out Blessed Bee Magic. They create modern and minimalist jewelry for witches to remind you of your power. And what I love about them is that they are elegant and subtle so you can bring your magic with you everywhere. Take their tiny pentacle necklace, for example, which is one of their most beloved pieces. Its minimalist yet elegant design makes this the perfect everyday talisman for today's witch. And it's really not hard to understand why Blessed Be Magic has over 900 five-star reviews from witches all over the world. Check them out at blessedbemagic.com, that's magic spelt M-A-G-I-C-K, and use the code WITCHWAVE for 15% off your first order with them. Shipping is free within the USA, and they also ship worldwide. 
So check them out. Their jewelry is just so, so lovely and so understated yet full of power. That's Blessed Be Magic and magic is spelled with a K at the end, dot com. I can't wait to see which pieces you choose. The Path 365, Daily Direction for Ladies and Mothers, Witches and Others, is a book that allows you to open your mind, body, and spirit to a path that is uniquely yours. As a gateway spirituality guide, it weaves coping mechanisms identified in neuroscience and mental health that address mind, body, and spirit, and incorporates them into an easy-to-read daily guide. Author Susie Newell received her doctorate from the University of Cincinnati with a focus on coping mechanisms. This book gently encourages people to open their mind to a spiritual path that feels right for them. Like a daily oracle read for the soul, The Path 365 takes you through a journey of positive self-discovery and encourages you to incorporate your practice into every aspect of your being. Whether you have a solid spiritual practice already or are exploring your options, The Path 365 is a unique guide to creating a path of your own. Visit them at thepath365.com for ordering options. And be sure to use code WITCHWAVE for free shipping. And you can give The Path 365 a follow on your favorite social media platform. We are all in this thing together. Create a path that works for you. Would you like even more Witch Wave? Do you wish you could hear from me and my other bewitching guests on a weekly basis? Then come join us on Patreon, where you'll get bi-weekly bonus Witch Wave Plus episodes, ad-free Witch Wave episodes, and detailed show notes for all. Rewards for some tiers also include magical merch and contests where you can win witchly prizes each month, as well as early heads up about my workshops before they sell out. And all backers get access to our exclusive digital coven, where I lead monthly online rituals and where you can connect to a community of other wonderful witch wave witches around the world. So head on over to patreon.com slash witchwave and sign up. It's a fabulous way to get more magic in your life and to support the show. Thank you so much.
Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today I'm speaking with Rena Anakwe. So Rena, I have so much else I want to ask you about, and I'm just <laughs> trusting the flow of our musical conversation. And, you know, you mentioned mixtapes, and I actually listened to a mix that you made with some of your favorite musicians and sound artists. Uh, I believe this was for Crack Magazine. And I noticed on there that you and I have a number of other favorite musicians and artists, one of whom I've been trying to get on this show for over a year, uh, who is Beverly Glenn Copeland. He is such an amazing and transformative artist, and I'd love to hear you talk about him or anybody else that you find particularly magical in the musical space. I think a lot of the people that I admire, actually, it's a good amount of them are my friends. Mm. <laughs> and I'm really, I feel very lucky and I'm very grateful and honored that I, yeah, get to exist in the same time as them. And a lot of the people that I included in that mix are people that I know, whether it's virtually we have a friendship or in person or a hybrid of both. Uh, because, yeah, I just think that there are folks out here that are making such amazing sounds that I know and I don't know. And definitely Beverly Glenn Copeland is, I, we don't know each other. <laughs> Hopefully one day. <laughs> but He's so incredible. For, for those who don't know his work, he's um, an amazing, I mean, way ahead of his time. I think he's in his 70s now. Black, trans man beautiful composer whose music is just like this spiritual healing every time i hear it um is there anybody else whose names that you want to make sure you shout out yeah i mean you know it's funny i i really love like jazz has been something that's a uh, been a big part of my life i think because i i used to box i'm a retired amateur boxer oh stop it Oh, yes, we've had we've lived many lives over here. Ah, I love it. <laughs> and um, my coach, uh, Leisha Baca, made uh, would make mixes for me because I was I was I sucked so bad when I came into that gym and I, I didn't have the movement down. And, you know, there's an improvisational nature to jazz, which is where a lot of the heart and soul comes from, you know, this creativity um, on a black music tradition. And so he would make me mixes and I would listen to these jazz mixes. And so that's something that's like always been in my spirit from that. Um, and he was really the first person that I think to really formally introduce me to jazz would like make me CDs of like Mingus, Coltrane. Mm. And so that translated into me. Like I, I really love Dorothy Ashby. I really do. Yes. <laughs> I love the harp. I really, I love, oh. I, I love Dorothy Ashby so much. And there's other folks like Jeannie Lee, who's really incredible with her improvisational um, nature. And uh, I would even, I'm like, I shout out like Lorraine. I think Lorraine, they're making beautiful things. That band is is, is constantly inspiring me. And Nisi Blues and I'm like Ricky uh, that performs as Yata. And I really love Lion Milk as well. And there's some of those things that are, that are there. Flushton Paradigm, which is from King Brit. Um, and yeah, I know I'm leaving out things. Student, student actually um, was the person that 
got me connected to Planetarium here, which is a deep listening event mm. um, that was part of Dweller Fest, which is a, a Black music festival that is thrown. Speaking of that, I mean, I, I've noticed that you are making music for so many different kinds of spaces now. You have work at the Guggenheim. You've played music at the Met uh, for their gorgeous Afrofuturist installation that everybody has to go visit. It's so exquisite if, if you haven't already. I just saw you opened for, oh, I can't believe her name just flew out of my head. Catherine O'Hara's sister. I know, Mary Margaret O'Hara. Uh, Mary Margaret O'Hara, who I love her music so much. She's also in an incredible film called Museum Hours, which everybody has to go see if they want a beautiful, chill moment. Um, I mean, they're, they're just it's very eclectic, all these different spaces and audiences. And so I, I guess I'm curious... What is giving you joy right now when it comes to creating sounds? I think the ability to be able to articulate where I'm at sonically is is what brings me joy because I have a place to put it. And I think that's really important because I, I spoke about this. <laughs> I've been speaking about this. I'm quite tired. I've been feeling really tired and I'm not alone in feeling very tired. I think, you know, at this point that we're at in the year, in the in this linear timeline that we're on, is always because of capitalism, the time where things ramp up and we become we tend to burn out at this at this juncture. Yes. Especially at this time and, and entering into the solstice, which feels wild because you know that that is a time where we're kind of stocking up and replenishing ourselves because we're entering into another type of cold yeah right which with climate change i don't even know what that means mm, so mm, mm. you know and and so i i think that for me the joy that i get in being able to channel to yeah to channel different types of feelings even to bring in some different types of spirits that are sitting with me to to yeah to to lift up the ancestors that are walking with me that are, are that are carrying me i would say is something that brings me joy the fact that i can get to perform in a church <laughs> to open for mary margaret o'hara and and perform a piece that not only for me is really important to articulate where i'm at whether it's through the words that i've written because sometimes i also share my poetry and, and I shared my poetry in a piece that I created called For the Weary. Mm. And I, yeah, I think it's it's good to have a place to put things. That's how I put that. And so whether those things for you are moments of grief, whether they're moments of joy, whether they're moments of, of deep reflection or just, you know, moments of silliness, <laughs> it, it's nice to have a place to be able to express them. And I think for me, when I start working with sounds, sometimes I'll like delay and, you know, I I don't like it, but I really am a night owl. Like you said, you are too. And I was like, yeah, I know. Oh, big time. Yeah. Everything just clicks some, for some reason. And I try mornings and it's just like, I was slow as hell. So, but the more the night comes, all of a sudden I'm a little speedy over here. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, yes. I'm supposed to be sleeping. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if it's because we're both sensitive to sound. It's just so much quieter at night. Yes. 
Exactly. So then you can actually like just kind of concentrate and you and your brain doesn't have to worry about all the other things. Or I get distracted sometimes easily, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so I, I don't need extra things. Like, what is that ticking sound? You know what I mean? So I, I think that that is where I derive joy from getting to just mess around with the sound and hear how it's bending and breaking and, and morphing and, and going on a journey with it. And yeah, I always feel like when I do get to perform or create something, I, I do really get to create, yeah, an experience for someone to to really like, I'm going on a voyage, like we're going on a, on a trip, like get in, we're going, you know what I mean? I really yes. feel that. <laughs> and so I love when, when that's able to, to, take place where I get to conjure and and create this like sonic yeah this sonic exploration that really is like let's go on a trip and get out of here and all I had to do was put the sound on through my speakers or my headphones and I got to get transported to a whole nother dimension I think that is I think that's dope like I just really that's that's really what it is I really think it's dope to get to do that you know it's so generous like it truly is because you know it's it's just such a pleasure to listen to the sounds you make and it is in my experience incredibly healing I'm wondering if it's healing for you to make the sounds yeah it definitely is I specifically with sometimes underwater feels like home that was a meditation on grief for me because I had lost somebody that was close to me mm. and uh, needed a place to put that and was really sick when I, like I was, yeah, I don't even know what happened to me. I was quite sick when I recorded that and I was on my floor and I was like, you know, I just need to do this. And I couldn't, like I'd been ruminating on it for months and trying to plan things out. And then one night I was like, I'm going to make everything. And, and yeah, I just needed to get that grief out. And it was like going through multiple losses like a loss of of a romance that that had been occurring as well and then lost it was my my uncle um who's like my grand uncle like Mm -hmm. my grandpa um he's like my adopted grandpa that I lost and so I needed a place to put that to not only pay tribute to him but to get out the things I was feeling because they were just kind of sitting on me and sitting in me and not having a place to go and so and all this happening while we we're going through multiple permutations of COVID yep. and they're not being addressed. I was like, there are so many losses that occurred during quarantine. And I felt like I wasn't the only person that was experiencing these things. But perhaps in my quest to find a way to articulate it sonically, that it might give somebody else a space to find levity for themselves or to find a moment of 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 recognition where they could also see or hear themselves and i felt like that needed to be shared and so i'm really thankful uh, to revenge the record label that uh, put it out uh, with commend their their series um to to allow me to have a space for that it, it is a gorgeous gorgeous album thank you i want to wind us down by just having a moment of recognition for the time that some of our listeners are going to be first hearing our conversation and that is on winter solstice if they're up in the northern hemisphere as we are 
And I'm mindful of the fact that the word solstice essentially translates to sun standing still. Mm-hmm. It feels like this moment of pause, this moment of catching one's breath, this moment of allowing oneself to dwell in darkness, even as we're celebrating the rebirth of the light. And it's also a moment that happens in the middle of a very, in my experience, frenetic season. The holidays are very, very stressful, at least for me and and in my household. And so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts around what sound can offer us for the solstice and, and for this season in general. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, everything you just said, I completely, I'm like, I'm feeling all of it. You know, I I think that especially now, I think these are the moments where it's time to wind down. It's time to give yourself a, maybe it's a day or a date where you're going to say, I'm winding things down because there is no need to like, you know, burn yourself down into the ground to the last minute, you know, like you said, the holidays can be, can operate at a very frenetic pace. And I think it's really up to us to set those boundaries for ourselves where we say, okay, that's enough. I'm going to start prepping for hibernation. You know, there, there's a reason that animals and, and plants go into their caves, go back into the ground, you know, and sometimes we need to take a note from the other things around us. And so I definitely think that, too, this is a time where if if you're whatever holiday music you're into, like maybe that's something that can bring you some kind of peace, some kind of nostalgia. But it, it's a moment for you to kind of take those moments where maybe you have to break away from maybe gathering or overextending yourself right now and and start to bring yourself back to yourself that's how I put it you know and I think that sound can definitely lead you in that way because there's so many soothing soothing sounds soothing creators of 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 sonic traditions that that are amongst us that can definitely lead you along that way you know and I think for me too I definitely I think being inside I keep noting something like now we're in like, oh, post-COVID or not, we're not post-COVID. I would say pre-COVID is how we're marking time now, which is kind of scary to me. But um, I think when I was by myself so much, I started listening more to music and and finding ways to kind of create the time to wind down. You know, I think sometimes what's really helpful is listening to things that are more in the ambient space or even like experimental sound space that is a bit more soothing when it gets later in the night, because that also kind of coaxes your body into calming your, your nervous system down and finding the ways to, to bring everything uh, down from being at that hurried rush state. So that's something I definitely would encourage whatever things can bring you peace in that way, definitely tap into them. If ASMR is your thing, put some ASMR on like, you know, if, if listening to sounds of people flipping papers or ocean sounds or cars passing by on wet pavement, like that's that, you know, put that on, like whatever you have to do, because I think it's important to even set up your sleep, even, you know, maybe getting back into your schedule of sleeping, especially because this darkness hits so much earlier now. Mm -hmm. So 
it is better if you can go to bed earlier because that sun is going to wake you up in the morning. You know what I mean? So those available hours of sunlight and darkness are really, you know, the things that we're kind of bumping up against. So it's figuring out a way how we can work with the nature that we're flowing in, but then also make it work for you. I think that's important to take into consideration. Mm. So beautiful. Well, Rena, this solstice, I am definitely going to be listening to more of your sonic spells. I can't thank you enough for the soothing, peaceful beauty that you create. And I can't thank you enough for being on the witch wave. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> That's it for the show. Thank you again to Rena Anakwe for bathing us in her soothing sonic spells. Do you have questions, feedback, need some witchly advice, or just want to share something magical that happened to you recently? Drop us an email at witchwavepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and you just might make it on the witch wire. The Witch Wave is a phantasmophile production written and produced by me, Pam Grossman. This episode was recorded and edited by Josh Wilcox and myself. Our theme music is the song Hand and Eye by Lycanthia. Our new Witch Wave logo was designed by Thunderwing. Special thanks go to Matt Freeman, Lara Amtal, and Cece Pascal. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website and now buy Witchwave merch at witchwavepodcast.com. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and give us lots and lots of sparkly stars. It really, truly makes a difference and helps other people find the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WitchWavePod. And you can check out my witch emoji for iPhone by going to witchemoji.com or downloading it in the App Store. Please consider ordering my book, Witchcraft, and or picking up my book, Waking the Witch, which are both available everywhere now. And if you want more WitchWave or you would just like to support the show, please join us over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash witchwave. Thank you so much for listening. Witches are the future. I'll catch you next time on The Witch Wave.